Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Steve and or Justin. My name's Katie, and I'm calling from Tampa, Florida. And my question for you guys is, I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. And provides unbiased answers. Okay, well, I will. that's a very good question. You're 27, you're very young, and you have many years of investing to do. Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting. I wanted to ask you about MIK, Michael. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March 9, 2021. And of course, as we do every day on this program and podcast, we're going to operate with our same mission statement, and that is independent thinking and shared success. And of course, we do that because we want to give you the best information available, the most practical information that we can provide. So that's what we do every day. This includes all our explanations about stocks, all our research that we're going to go through. Now, remember, always remember that when you call in about a particular stock, we only have the data in front of us. And it's not in-depth data. It's just a quick look at the company and look at a chart. Look at the fundamentals. Look at a chart. Fundamentals are always first, everybody. Fundamentals are key. And they're the ones that tell you what stocks to buy. All a chart does is help you determine when to buy, when to sell it. And that's only right more than 50% of the time. Not 100%, not even close. So don't rely on these things and say they're always true. It's not. Okay? So I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, we encourage you to contact me. You call our call our uh, listener line number right now. Ask your questions. This is a call-in show. You drive the show to wherever direction you want to go, and I'll go there with you as long as it's financial. Okay. So right now you can interact. We're live. We stream live four to five Pacific time. We broadcast live four to five Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So you can leave questions after that or before that, and we'll try to answer the questions as fast as we can on the next program or two. The number is 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to it. Let's go to a listener line right now. Hey, Steve and Justin. Love the show. Thanks for everything you do. Wanted to get your thoughts on ticker DMTK, DermTech. I really like the fact that they have um, over 30 patents and they have a good moat. Just wanting to know what your thoughts are and where you see this going in the future. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, Demtech Inc. It's out of La Jolla, California, right south of me on the coast here in California. Develops markets, medicines for early detection of skin cancer and inflammatory diseases. It's a $1.4 billion company. They don't make money and have never made money. They're going to lose $1.94 this year. And $2.05 a share next year. But the sales are growing, but sales are pretty small. I mean, the most recent quarter only sold $2.1 million worth of sales for a $1.5 billion company. That's very minuscule. Now, that was 33% growth. 
from the quarter before, which had 140% growth from the quarter before that. So, you know, there is growth. But, man, you're, this is a very high speculative stock. Very speculative. I mean, this was running around, running along about, uh, what, between 10 and $15 a share for a year. And then it popped up to $50.92. Well, it actually popped up to $75, $80. Now it's at $50.92. It's it's right at the 50-day moving average. There's some support right in this area. But I would not be interested in buying the stock because it doesn't make money and it doesn't look like it's going to make money for a long time. Has sales, but not profits. Okay, we're here today for this Invest Talk Hour because you and I both know that you need and want strategies. You want help with the market volatility. You've seen, did you see what the Dow did today and what the Dow did yesterday? <laughs> I mean, the NASDAQ did today compared to the Dow today. And what did the NASDAQ do? I mean, gee, these things are moving around fast. Anyway, so you, there's lots of volatility. And I'll help you with that. I'll help you discuss it. You can call anytime you want, 888-99-CHART. And today's trivia question concerns auto sales in the U.S. The buzz is most often heard about Tesla. We all know that. But Tesla is small compared to the established brands. So my trivia question is going to be about, I'm going to be about halfway through the show, and it's going to be about auto sales. So how did the market do today? It, had, it was an interesting day. The Dow was up 30 points. Okay, that's not bad. The NASDAQ was up 465 points. That's huge. Of course, they had a bad day yesterday. The S&P, the, more, the, more, the broader of the three indexes we talk about, was up 50 points. So the overall market was okay. But we are seeing some pretty uh, dramatic uh, volatility in the NASDAQ and the Dow. Pretty dramatic. Should be telling you something about the market. The market is not comfortable right now. It's not. Okay? You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're ready to move through the second trading week of March. So, 2021, we're almost done with the first quarter already. Going pretty fast. But you cannot afford to backslide, everybody. You have to be careful. You have to remember the goal is always the same financial freedom. And you just have to keep at it. It's a consistent thing. I tell people, if you want to get rich, you can get rich. Anybody can get rich. But you have to have discipline. you got to spend less than you earn and save and invest the rest. 888-99-CHART. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Emilio's in San Francisco. How are you doing, Emilio's? Hello, sir. How are you? How's your name? Well, I'm going to go MRI next Tuesday, a week from today. I'll find out what's going on there. Best of luck. Best of luck. I wanted to ask you about Qualcomm. If you, I was, I was looking to buy it for the long term. 
Okay, uh, Qualcomm, everybody. Uh, it's out of San Diego. Uh, designed CDMA and uh, uh, and other based ICS and system software used in wireless handsets, uh, modem cards, and networks. It's been around a while, and it's a very good, a very well-run company. They're going to make seven dollars and twenty-nine cents this year, up from four forty last year per share. Next year, it's going to go up another eleven percent to eight dollars and seven cents. And based on a hundred twenty-nine dollar stock, that's pretty darn cheap. That's like a fifteen, sixteen PE, and the five-year range is eleven to thirty. Turn equity is very high at ninety-two percent. Cash flow is very strong. Pays a two percent dividend. Sales growth in the last couple of quarters has been outstanding. Because of the 5G rollout, so it you know this is this is that's making Qualcomm a lot of money. They've fallen from 160 down to 129 now. I think I would look at this as a buying opportunity. It is right at near the 200-day moving average. There's a lot of support. The 200-day moving average is like 122, so it's 129, and it's it, the Nasdaq has been correcting sharply pulling down most of the tech stocks and Qualcomm with it, when Qualcomm really wasn't that overpriced anyways. So I think it's an opportunity. Whether oh, I might want to wait to stabilizes here before I buy, but I do like it. Thanks, Emilios. Let's go to Richard in the Bay Area. How you doing, Richard? I'm doing well. Thank you, Steve. How are you? Good. Thanks for the call. Thank you. I wanted to ask you about MIK, Michael. Uh, I know you guys own it. Uh, my wife and I own it as well. Uh, in different, uh, di- we bought it at different times, but we make uh, quite a substantial profit on it in taxable accounts. Uh, now, you guys know that it's uh, it's going to be bought out um, by a private company uh, at twenty two dollars, and it's around twenty two dollars now. I think there's a clause that they can shop for forty five days after um, uh, to see if they can get a higher price. My question to you is. We bought some back in June 2000, uh, last year, so it hasn't been a year yet. Uh, should we wait until the, and it's, until it's a year, so it's, it's a long uh, term capital gains? Should we just take off the profits now? Okay, those, that's a very good question. Long term capital gains, everybody, is something when you, uh, you own it for at least a year, then you take profits. That's a long-term capital gains, and the tax on long-term capital gains is usually much less than a short-term capital gains, which is when a profit's taken less than 12 months. So he's asking, should I wait till June? That'll make it a year. At the same time, the company, Michael's company, symbol MIK, operates 1,274 Michael stores. Uh, should he take profits? Because they've been offered to be bought out for $22 a share. It's at $21.95. Now, couldn't they get... I've talked about this before. When company A buys company B, in this case it was a private company, private entity buying the company, usually the stock goes up to 10%, close to 10% of the buyout price. This one's even. This one's really close to the buyout price. It's not even 10% away. It's much closer. Usually I tell people, take the profit. Now, why do I say go ahead and take it? Because what can happen? They can get a better price and shop around, and that's what Michael's trying to do, find someone with a better price, therefore it would go up more, or the deal could fall through and the stock will go back down to where it was, in this case it was around $16 or so, where it was before the buyout, 
Or three, it could take so long to make the deal come through, to make it happen, that you're going to be sitting on money that's dead for a long time. Months and months, it could happen. So two of the three things are bad. So I go ahead and take the profits and run. And that's kind of what we're doing. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story economic indicators point toward potentially record retail sales growth during 2021. Why is that? We're going to have an art. Well, I'll talk to you about that. Okay, some other topics I may want to discuss if we can get to them. You may want to wait before you file your taxes. You know, this spending package winding its way through Congress. There's some potential things that will affect taxes last year, 2020 taxes. But we don't know what it is. They haven't passed it, so it's not done yet. And we're not going to have much economic numbers out this week from government about the economy. But there's, there's some, going to be some inflation numbers. And I'm, I'm, I've been telling you, and I'm telling you it again, we need to watch inflation. Inflation is the big danger coming from all this excess spending. Okay, Inflation is the danger. So what will happen if we have inflation? Well, if we have normal, calm, increasing inflation, nothing disastrous will happen, but certain stocks, certain sectors will do better than others. And you need to know what that, what that what they are. Anyway, so those are things we could talk about if we can get through the questions. But I want to do the questions. I really do want to get through a backlog we have. So let's go ahead and fit another caller question in, 888-99-CHART. Hey, thanks so much for taking the call. I was interested in investing a small amount of my portfolio, maybe 3% in AMC. But I'm wondering how risky you think that might be. My position is maybe 5 to 10 years, so a long-term hold. But I'm not sure if you think this company will still be around at that point. Thank you so much. Bye. Yeah, that's your big danger. Okay, will it be around? This operates 636 movie theaters with 8,094 screens, primarily located in the metropolitan markets in North America. Now, why do I think it may not make it? Well, because <laughs> they're going to lose $31.78 per share this year after losing losing a dollar the share before uh, per share of the year before and next year they're going to lose four dollars and seventy cents can they survive their debt is huge so the stock is ten dollars fifty cents if they make it the stock is going to go much higher you know it's gone into 20s and 30s in the past but it's a huge risk just letting you know huge risk that you're taking AMC we should talk about this and your participation so we wanted to discuss anything financial, anything financial. This is Invest Talk. We are headed into a break, and we are taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 
888-99 chart. My focus point today concerns a story. Economic indicators point toward potentially record retail sales. Record retail sales growth in 2021. Well, where's that money come from? Okay, this is according to the National Retail Federation of America. Why, why, why is that the case? Well, first of all, because of COVID, obviously, everything relates to COVID these days. In 2020, Americans paid off a record $83 billion in credit card debt. $83 billion they paid off during COVID. Now, you would think, if you, you, know, if you think about it, you would think, well, gee, how's that possible since everybody, a lot of people lost their jobs. We shut down the country completely for a while. How can anybody afford to pay down debt? Well, I'm just telling you, the facts are they did. $83 billion worth in 2020. And, of course, they cut down, cut back spending and increased savings dramatically. Now, you can't. So, okay, we take that set of facts. Those are facts, okay? And I'm telling you, this is the second time in 35 years that we ended the year owing less credit card debt than when we started. So, why is it going to be huge spending? Well, think about it. Everybody ratcheted down, right? We saved money. We have plenty of money saved. We paid down our debt. And now we get to get out of the house in 2021 with the vaccine. You know we're all going to spend money and lots of it. We have pent-up demand out there, and it's going to be big, and that's going to drive a lot of spending, and that's what's going to drive the economy and stock market, by the way. So that's what we're dealing with. It's not a bad thing. Okay, let's talk to Mike in Utah. Mike, how you doing? Well, how, how's life in Utah? It's good. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Yeah, I was just calling. I had a question, a question? on QEP, Questar Energy. Okay. It's the stock symbol is QEP. And I was just wondering... It, it was acquired by Diamondback, and there's like a lawsuit or something against it. I don't really know. I just kind of want to get your opinion on it all and see what uh-huh. what you thought of it. Okay. Uh, QEP, QEP Resources, engaged in oil and gas exploration and development in Wyoming, Utah, Colorado, North Dakota, New Mexico, Arkansas, Kansas, Louisiana, and Texas. Okay. Um their earnings history is sporadic. Uh, this year, they're going to make $0.09 cents a share. Last year, they lost $0.26 cents a share. The year before, they made 10 The year before that, they made they lost $0.12 cents a share. And the year before that, they lost $0.16. Cents. The year before that, they made $0.70. Cents. So it's a very sporadic earnings history. So it's not going to be very high price because of that. And it isn't. It's $4.18 a share. So it's a low-priced stock. But the thing that concerns me, uh, Mike, is that their sales have been shrinking for every quarter for two years. So, yeah, you can you can say, you know, COVID year, yeah, and they're going to recover probably this year, probably. But, man, it's just not a very solid company, and they're only going to make $0.09 cents a share, and a $4 stock seems awful expensive compared to the earnings. I wouldn't take the chance on this stock, no matter you're saying that someone bought it. So, do you know what the purchase price was? I'm trying to look no, for I, the. I bought yeah, it when so, it was like two dollars. Uh, 
Yeah, okay. Oh, so you made a nice profit. So Glazer Capital urges QEP shareholders to vote against acquisition of QEP by Diamondback. Now, Diamondback is a much bigger company. Shoot, I wouldn't vote against that. So they offered this buyout. You know, I, I, I'd take the money and run. That's what I would do. I would take the money and run. Mike, appreciate the call. Thank you. That's QEP, everybody. They, they got they're being offered to buy out. And, you know, maybe the people want more money for it. You know, maybe they're going to try to. Same, same argument I had before on that previous buyout. So let's keep the pace moving. Here comes another voice paint question. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. I was wondering how much of my portfolio should be in index funds and ETFs and how much should be in individual stocks. Thank you. Well, that depends on how size of your portfolio. If the size of your portfolio is big enough to have between 15 and 30 stocks and you don't want them to have more than 3 to 5% of your portfolio in any one stock, I would prefer to see you own stocks, but only you have the, if you have the knowledge of how to pick them, how to analyze the earnings and sales and the various uh, uh, the various fundamental factors that drive companies. If you know how to do that, then I prefer individual stocks. If you don't, then you stay with the indexes, and usually uh, an ETF of the indexes. Okay, that's, that's usually the cheapest way to go. So we get, often get call questions about Tesla. You know we do if you listen to the show. Tesla stock, and the car company, the electric car company, the very exciting company with really good, fast-growing sales. So with the year just finished, 2020, Tesla reported worldwide deliveries of a little under 500,000 cars, half a million, all within 2020. The, that was, now, Ford, Ford alone sold 1.9 million vehicles. So, as we go to break, here's my trivia question. In 2020, for the U.S. auto industry, what were the total vehicle sales for all brands combined, and which state has the fewest licensed drivers? After break, I'll give you the question. I'll give you the answer. 888-9-HR. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life 
that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Okay, I asked before the break a trivia question. In 2020, for the U.S. auto industry, what were the total vehicle sales for all brands combined? Vehicles sold. And which state has the fewest licensed drivers? In 2020, the auto industry in the United States sold approximately 14.5 million vehicles, light vehicles, light vehicles, meaning usually they describe those as trucks and SUVs and stuff. Of the 14.5 million, though, 3.4 million were cars. 11 million were trucks. Interesting, huh? Okay, you may find some more interesting facts here. I found it interesting. Ford domesticated the early auto market in 1916. They had 55% of all market, world market, world, 55% in their Model T Fords. From 1909 to 1927, Ford built 15 million cars. Now, at first, it took 12 hours to assemble one Model T, but they got more efficient. As technology changed for them, and they got it down to eight minutes by 1913. So from, okay, think about that. From 1909 to 1913, it went from 12 hours to build a car to eight minutes. But by 1927, it took them, what, what does it say? You won't believe this. Uh, by 1927, it took them 24 seconds to build a Model T. And it cost car costs in uh, early in 1908 $850, but by 1925 it only cost $260 because it got more efficient. Okay, which state had the fewest licensed drivers? Wyoming. Wyoming had 419,256 licensed drivers by 2000, in 2018. California had 27 million. 27 million 39,400. Drivers, licensed driver. <laughs> so that's the difference. 
Okay, I will pivot back to the Investalk Voice Bank for questions that came in earlier. Here's another question. Hey, guys, question. 33 years old, and I'm trying to become financially free. I want to build up enough passive income to be able to cover our expenses and our lifestyle, and that's the main goal. We're about to buy a new house, and we found one. I'm just trying to determine if we should do a 30-year fixed loan or a 15-year fixed loan, and I'm trying to weigh that between, I know the payments will be a lot higher with the 15-year fix, and I'm trying to weigh that against how much money I could save with my mortgage payment if we do a 30-year fix and use that capital for investments to be able to build some passive income. So I'm trying to weigh that out and determine which direction we should go, if we should do a 15-year fixed loan or if I should bet on myself to make those investments and use that extra capital with the 30-year fix to be able to outgain uh, what I would save in uh, in interest uh, doing the 15-year. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to hearing your answer. Well, this is a very personal question as far as what do you think? Now, I if you're going to ask me what I would do, I would do a 30-year fixed, 30-year fixed because interest rates are so very low, and I invest the money that I would save doing the 15-year fixed. And there would be times where I would pay extra every month if I could down on the loan to maybe shorten that payoff from 30 years down to less than 30 years. But I think, you know, with interest rate, mortgage rates being so very low, and I know I can get a better long-term return in the stock market, but I have to take more risks in the stock market. But you're in your 30s, so you got plenty of time to, to, to ameliorate that risk over time, over multi-years. So... Personally, I would do the 30-year fix. That's what I would do. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, so um, the, the, the government is working its way through a new huge spending package, $1.9 trillion. And tax time is coming up, right? we got a, what, a little over a month to go. Right, you can even postpone it if you want to. Why would I even consider that? Because in that... $1.9 trillion spending package, they have a, a piece in there called the, um, the I don't know what they call it, but they have a piece in there which allows you to write off up to $10,200 in unemployment benefits off of your taxes so you don't have to count them as income. Well, that's a pretty, for some people, that's going to be a pretty big tax benefit. So you might want to hold off to see if they're going to when they're going to pass this bill. You don't have to do tax if you already pass your tax. What you're going to do is refile, and you'll still get that tax benefit. But uh, if you haven't filed, I, I would wait. I would wait because you may want to may get that benefit that if you took unemployment benefits last year from from COVID, you took unemployment benefits. It might be smart to wait to file your taxes. You'll get more tax return. So just a heads up. Talk to your tax guy. Talk to your accountant or your tax person about it. Okay, let's get another call question in. 888-99-CHART. Yeah, hi, Steve and Justin. This is Clayton from Ohio, and I just had a quick question. I'm looking to take pizza-sized position in either Chevron or Exxon, and just wondered if you preferred one over the other and why. Thanks for all you do. Have a good day. 
Okay, well, it's hard to do comparisons, everybody, because I got to pull up all all my screens on one stock, then pull all my screens on the other stock, and then toggle back and forth to look at the numbers. Okay, so it's very hard to do comparisons. Luckily, I know both these stocks pretty well. Okay, um, and if it, if I would probably suggest if I they're pretty close to each other. If I had to make a choice, it'd probably be Chevron. But I like them both. Why would I buy them? I buy them for the dividends. I buy them for the economic recovery. And I know, I know, I don't know how long long-term is for these companies as we move closer and closer to electric vehicles being the dominant uh, transportation choice going forward over the years. But both these companies, you know, because the recovering world economy, both these companies look pretty good to me right now. Okay? So, we're on a roll. Why not? Why would we stop now? Let's go ahead and take another call from caller from New Jersey. This is Asher from New Jersey, and I'm calling you in regards to gold and gold mining stocks. So, I've been a net buyer of uh, gold, you know, Barrick Gold, the GDX fund, and uh, some of the other gold mining companies. That's about like 15% of my portfolio. The news came out that Warren Buffett actually sold out of his very gold position, pretty much sold all of his position, you know, to the company. So my question to you is going forward, where do you see gold going from here? I know with the dollar weakening and possible inflation on the horizon, gold, is positive good, but with uh, uh, Warren Buffett selling, what does it signal, you know, both in the near term and the long term? Thank you very much, and I'll listen to your uh, answer on the podcast. Well, gold is, uh, Warren Buffett is a deep value investor, and he thinks he's, there's no longer a deep value, so that's why he's sold. I frankly think we're still going to have another run up, one more run up in gold. Gold has been falling now for ever since August, if you look at it. It's been falling ever since August. And today, it finally jumped up, uh, what, about 3.5% or so? It jumped up today. Okay, gold did. Uh, maybe 25 Anyways. Um, and it's tracking the dollar. The dollar's been going slightly stronger, down a little bit today. Uh, but with this huge spending package, I think that's going to put downward pressure on dollar and we'll probably get one more run up in gold. Now, gold, and one of the things that Warren Buffett is in, his, in the logic he's using is that the economy is going to recover strongly. And so he'd rather be in stocks, not gold, when that happens. So, you know, it depends on what you feel. What do you feel? I know we have a number of gold positions and we still have them. We're probably going to, on the next bump up, cut them back. Probably what we're going to do. So, um, you know, that's that's what my thinking is. I'm Steve Pizzo. You're listening to Invest Talk, and it's now official. We have crossed over 30 million, 30 million downloads, uh, people listening to our show. And we really appreciate that. Justin and I really do. Our listener base in the United States is pretty broad, and, and, and it's really great because it's also worldwide, but... You know, the uh, Apple ecosystem accounts for about 87% of our downloads, and most of that is in the United States, okay? The other 7% comes from desktop PCs and other places. So, Justin, I want to thank you. Thank you very much for the download. 
And remember, you can go to our website, investout.com. It has a bunch of resources, and we really would like you to go there. You can listen to the show live, 4 to 5 Pacific time on Invest Talk, or you can download it through our Invest Talk podcast there. Uh, and if you have questions about our office and what we do, KPP Financial, please contact us, send us an email. There's On our website, there's contact buttons, contact us buttons all over the place that sends us an email directly. Or you can call our, um, our, our, our number, call our office, call our 800 number, call our 888-99-CHART number, get a hold of us anyway. There's many ways to get a hold of us, okay? For now, our line, line, phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. There is good news for loyal Talk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast, the February Rapid Fire Hour. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk Call Center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Peasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hey, Steve and Justin. Uh, this is Jeff from Florida. My 401k, which I only have about 10000 in at the moment, but I have to keep a minimum of 5000 to be able to transfer in increments of a thousand, at least a thousand, into a self-broker. Now I do very well on that so far, and I don't like the funds that are available to me. There's only a few, and they're heavy growth uh, with Tesla, large percentages. About two months ago, or when rates started rising, I uh, moved the bulk of the money all out of my bond funds and put it in the money market just to park it, so I don't risk it, and I can contribute as much as I can to the self-brokered without having that, that minimum drop below 5000 and having to wait even longer. Any thoughts on what I should be doing maybe to get that higher or better place to park it besides money market? Listen for your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Not in today's environment. You're going to have a hard time. I like the money market, even though you make very little money. I like it better than sticking in a, a, a bond fund because the value of the bond fund goes down when interest rates go up. No matter what the yield is, you know, the yield is nice, but if the fund goes down 10%, your yield's 3%, what good is that? You still lost 7%. So parking the money market fund and to, to transfer over to a, to a stock, a, a bit, a, the ability to invest in stocks and different kinds of stocks, I think that's what you do. You try to transfer as much as you can and buy stocks. You can, you know, look at Chevron and Exxon. They're paying, you know, very high dividends. And at least you have the possibility of the capital appreciation. Whereas bonds, I think your chances of making more money in a bond fund over the next few years is going to be very slim. Because interest rates will rise and the fund value of the fund will go down. Okay, good call, though. Thank you very much. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, we're going to have a light week in statistics this week. We'll, of course, have our weekly uh, unemployment claims, and that's always interesting to watch. 
but not much else. We're going to get some uh, inflation numbers, and that's about it. PPI, CPI uh, numbers, CPI, consumer price index, PPI, producer price index, core uh, core, uh, inflation numbers. And those numbers are coming out a little bit later, um, tomorrow and then I think Friday. I think those are the days. And that, remember, we're keeping everybody. You, we got to keep our eye on inflation numbers. That's what's important going forward. Okay, inflation, is it coming? Are we going to pick it up? Right now, we have very, very little inflation. But even if it goes back to our normal inflation, our long-term average is 3, 3.3%. Inflation is 1% to 1.5%. So that's a double or tripling of inflation just to get to normal. So that's a lot of inflation pickup. So we'll see. I'm sure I'm 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 thinking we're going to see some inflation because we're spending so much money. Just way too much money. So I I think it's something to watch. Okay? Inflation is something to watch. Um we're already seeing inflation in certain areas, right? How can you not? What's the gasoline price today? Have you seen inflation there? Heck yeah. Okay, how about housing? How about the inflation in housing? Yeah, you've seen it there. So we have seen the start of some inflation. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we leave. We only have one goal here, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom, and we will continue to do that. We will do that all the time. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is all about above average investing for the average investor. And the question is during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for a long term. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888 99 chart. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and or Justin. My name's Katie and I'm calling from Tampa, Florida. And my question for you guys is for someone like myself, a 27-year-old, who has no debt and a pretty nice amount of capital to work with, I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify the funds. Would you suggest going 100% large growth stocks, or should I break it up between you know small cap and mid cap and large cap growth stocks? And should I even throw any value, you know, value-focused funds in there? I am comfortable with a lot of risk. All right. Thank you guys so much. And I will listen to the podcast and hopefully um, get some answers. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Well, I will. that's a very good question. You're 27. You're very young. And you have many years of investing to do very ahead of you. So I, I would have a combination of growth and value. Um, and I would have a pretty heavy weighting in the small and mid-cap area, not just the large. Uh, so I would have small and uh, mid-cap growth and value stocks, uh, large value and growth as well, but an emphasis on the smaller 
end of the scale, not the larger end of the scale, because of the years you have remaining uh, in your investing life. Lots of years. And growth, uh, over long periods of time, value has trumped growth, but over the last 10, 15 years, growth has trumped value. So it's probably value's turn, so I don't th- want you to stay exclusively with growth. Make sure you have a, maybe an equal weighting between growth and value. Okay, so uh, value, growth and value stocks, everybody. And if you don't know what the difference is there, uh, everybody out there who don't doesn't know that, you can call and ask a question, and I'll explain it. Okay? Okay, okay, it looks like I can do more, uh, more caller questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. My question was on stock, G-E-V-O. I bought this stock last year around in the $2 range, and since then, it's kind of ran up on me. I just wanted to know if this is a good company that I should keep. I was thinking about actually in, increasing my position of where it's at. Just wanted your take on the stock GEVO. Thank you. Okay, GEVO, GEVO Inc. GEVO, I guess I call it. It's a uh, $1.7 billion company. Doesn't make money, he's never made money, he's not going to make money next year. Uh, it's just losing less money, so that's a good sign. But sales growth are not happening. Why? It's worth $1.7 billion, and sales have shrunk 97% in the most recent quarter, 81% the quarter before that, 40% the quarter before that. Four quarters ago, it grew 4%. Why would you want to be interested in this company? Manufacturers... Um, and produces renewable feedstock used in alternatives to petroleum-based products. Uh, it, it just doesn't make money. It's losing money, negative cash flow. Don't buy it. Yes, it's popped up because of the story, but I would not buy it. Don't buy the story. Just not good enough. Okay, let's uh, try one more from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. Uh, I had a question about IIPR. I own a pretty big position in it, and it's been doing very well. Just curious if you see that being sustained, it's a REIT in the cannabis industry. Just curious on what you think. Thanks. Bye. Well, I do think this is a growth sector. Sales have been increased. Okay, who this is? IIPR, Innovative uh, Industries Property. It's a REIT. Real Estate Investment Trust targets acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used to grow medical use cannabis, okay? They're going to make $6.99 this year, $9.11 next year. So they're growing in earnings 30 40% a year. They're growing the sales over 100% every quarter. So I think you stick with it. Personally, I, I'd stick with it. Is it expensive? Yeah. At $172? Yeah. You know, it's a 20 PE. Okay, so... Um, it's got the growth to support it over 100%. So I'd keep it. Okay? Just keep it. I-I-P-R. Okay, I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I, and I thank you for listening and downloading our show. We do really appreciate it, and thank you for telling your family and friends. It's a free podcast. Downloads free. Uh, we post a new, pro- new program every day right after the show. So about five, ten minutes after the 5 p.m. close, you'll see it there. So you can get a free download at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is the best talk. Good night, everybody.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 